Cheesehead. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's curd and long. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Welcome in another edition of Curd and Long. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer here, 1250amthefan.com. You want to go check out all the interviews I've done over the course of the last week. Normally do about three or so interviews uh, each week and go check that out. Uh, our guy, Bart Winkler, filling in for Ryan Horvath today, who is uh, out there at uh, the Super Bowl in Las Vegas, doing all that fun stuff, doing his show about MGM tonight throughout the week. Uh, and I'm sure having just a beautiful time. Uh, Bart Winkler is here. You can hear Bart Winkler on CBS Sports Radio weeknights from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. here on 1250 a.m. The Fan. Follow him on Twitter at Bart Winkler Show. Uh, Bart wearing the purple Bucks hat, ready to roll here on Curd and Long. Uh, I, I had an experience over the weekend, and you're a man of the people. Uh, I so I, I'm Thank curious you. to see if you've run into this sort of person. It's a parent, right? We were at a... City tournament, bowling city tournament uh, here locally. And it was apparent, and him and I got to talking about the Packers. And he says, not buying Jordan Love, not buying Matt LaFleur. And I was like, what? And, you know, you know, look, when I'm out in public normally, I don't really raise my voice. I try not to raise my voice, but I was yelling at this dude in front of everybody. I was hot. I was like, well, what, do you, what do you mean you're not buying him? Wow, he misses a lot of check down throws and short throws. Yeah, he can make the difficult throws, but he can't make the easy throws nearly as much. I'm not sold on him. I'm like, huh? I'm like, and what about LaFleur? He's like, well, you know, he doesn't know how to make a big decision in a big moment. He's not the guy either. He should be gone too. I was like, what? So my question to you is, because you're doing the national radio, obviously, Bart, but you also have a lot of local people, right? Your crew that follows you everywhere you go that I'm sure are calling in as well. Are you getting still people that say not buying Jordan Love, not in on Jordan Love being that guy going forward? First of all, to your acquaintance, I'm mean, what was he not? Was he not seen? Did he stop watching the season after like week seven? I don't know. I was shocked. I I literally raised my voice. We were yell- I was yelling at him back and forth. Oh my god, I was so beside myself. No, I, everything that I've ever said about Jordan Love. Um, including putting him in the top 10 of current quarterbacks. I've received zero pushback on from anybody. Top 10 is right. It's just like accepted. And I think, uh, you know, lumping him together with CJ Stroud, both in their first year as a starter, obviously, but these are guys that you can recognize. Okay. They're good. And I think from a national perspective, which I'm trying to get trademarked um, when when you like see your team play these guys, so there, there still might be people around the country that are like, ah, what's this Jordan Love of it? But then you see your team play him, oh, okay. Or you watch that game against the Cowboys, and even though he didn't have that good of a game against the Niners um, that he did against the Cowboys, people know that that game happened and they saw it for themselves. I think the frustrating part about the uh, 49ers game is that – throw at the end where they had all the timeouts, you know, cross body, cross field. He, that he hadn't made a decision like that. It, it wasn't like, Oh, that's just love being love. Like, a like Brad. Yeah. yeah. He, yep. he hadn't made a decision like that all season. There's been throws that you would like back and, but decision wise, he hadn't made a decision like that all year. So, you know, what I wanted from this team, I think is what everybody wanted. 
I think Mark Murphy's talked on it where we just want to know who the quarterback is. And, and that got figured out. But then as you went along, I do think that going on the road, winning a playoff game is huge for the development of everybody. Yes. But then also going on the road and losing a game that you really think you could have win. Like, I just think long-term, all of this is good. Even though it was another awful loss, long-term for this team, everything everything worked out. Everything was good. Okay, so we're sold on Jordan Love, and I'm assuming you're sold on paying Jordan Love like a top ten quarterback as well, right? You're you're okay with that this offseason because you know he gets somewhere around forty five million dollars a year, something like that. You're good. You're you're not gonna freak out. You're you're fine with that. The Packers have spent so much money on things that didn't work out that you might as well spend the money on a guy that is. Yeah, they can pay him whatever. I, I'm with you. I don't think there's any number that I scoff at. Eh, maybe 60. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, somewhere between 55 and 60, I, I might question a little bit. Uh, 50 is good. But but again, I mean, somewhere in that area, he's going to make more than Daniel Jones at 40. So we know it's north of that. It's just a matter of how much north of Daniel Jones uh, and that contract with the Giants. What about Matt LaFleur now? Let's talk about him. Um, I just had Pete Doherty on um, last week on Friday on uh, and Long. And he said he believed that LaFleur actually did just get extended. Uh, he thinks prior to last year and that he might have three or four years left now with the extension or whatever, which I guess I missed that news. Uh, but as far as LaFleur goes, would you agree that he proved anybody that doubted him about it being all Rodgers and it ain't mad and Rodgers is just covering for LaFleur like he did for McCarthy? Did he prove to you that, okay, he's legit. He, he's one of the better coaches in the league. Well, I, I, he proved me, yeah. And any, any, there's still, there's still things like, but this is with any coaches. I think a lot of coaches, when they're faced with a decision, if they could just pause time and have like 10 minutes, they'd come up with the right one. But sometimes it's like so pressure packed. I just, at the beginning of the year, a lot of the complaints or criticisms that I had about Matt LaFleur in year one or year two, I felt like I was still having. Uh, I don't, I wanted to see kind of love unleashed earlier, but again, you know, this is the coach and I'm just some the players schmuck. didn't know what the hell they were doing. He, he, he didn't trust the receivers and tight ends to be doing right. what they're supposed to be doing. The offensive line was a disaster. Rasheed Walker was a disaster. Running was a fiasco. I mean, they had all kinds of problems before he could probably finally open that up. And it, as he put it, it wasn't until the Steelers game where he's like, okay, it looks like we're all starting to get on the same page here. Know what we're supposed to do. Let's open this up a little bit and see if we can handle it. And, Obviously, they took off. I think some of the stuff with Lafleur, like, I mean, yeah, he's won me over in, in any way that you need to win a person over. I think yeah. when you see these videos of him in the locker room, um, the guys want to play for him. He and I, and I think like I have a caller that sometimes will call in, and he asked me like five times, but it's the same question: What makes Jim Harbaugh such a good coach? And I, it's it sometimes it's just it's not even about the X's and O's or the in-game management. It's about can you get a group of guys to believe in what you want and your message? And I think Harbaugh does a great job of that. And I think Lafleur has been doing that here in green Bay. The other thing with Lafleur too is uh, this was Jordan loves first year. This was in a way, Matt Lafleur's first year as the coach. Yeah. He, he, he spent four years as a co manager of the Aaron Rodgers fund or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he 
when you have Aaron Rodgers and Robert Sala and the Jets are going through it now, like you don't get to be the coach. You have to also manage and go through whatever this guy's putting you through. So this was a different experience for him. And some of the stuff that he might have been going through the first few weeks was different for him because he he's not getting the he's like, okay, coach. Yep. That yep. Well, okay, coach. Okay. Instead of right. Well, that's great. But instead, like the part of the, okay, part of that Rogers article was like um <laughs> the he wanted, yeah, he wanted yeah. Nathaniel Hackett to instill an offense that he would like. And so they worked together to to come up with an offense that Rogers approved of. But then when he would get under center, he would still check out of those pre-approved plays. Why? Because he didn't like the sequencing. In his mind, he wanted the, the plays to be stacked and sequenced together correctly, which if you go back and listen to LaFleur uh, earlier in the, well, towards the end of the season, LaFleur talked about that with Jordan Love. He said, look, with Jordan, or was it Senevich? No, it was Stenovich. Adam Senevich said this. He said, with Jordan Love, we call a play, and if he checks out, we know what he's checking to, right? So we know what's being run. He said, with Aaron Rodgers, we'd go back and still not know what the heck he checked to, even after we watched it on film. So it's hard to build. Well, he would just check. I was there in Seattle that one uh, year where he just, he told no one what to do except Devontae run deep. Right. So even doing? then, from that perspective, Senevich is like, it's hard to call plays in a game when you don't know exactly what's being run on the field in order to set it up. And he said, and he goes, and that worked for us fine, right? He said, what he did was fine. We won a bunch of games, but now calling plays is a little bit easier because you can stack plays, set guys up for later in the game, which makes everything a lot easier. And I don't think people, I know they did not understand when Rodgers was doing that, how hard it made it on the floor to do his job correctly and now you see this year he, he's pretty damn good at this once this thing gets going i mean last what four or five games would they punt like one time a game maybe in some games they didn't punt at all i mean this offense was just clicking on all cylinders and part of it was aaron jones being healthy but still sequence of play calling and so forth is a big deal and that's why we go back to rogers and hackett yeah hackett has all the plays that rogers wants but rogers wants to call it a certain way and if Hagen doesn't do it that way, to hell with you. I know how I want these called. I'll call them myself. I At some point, they just, just said, Hackett, you're going to stand there. He's going to call the plays on the field. You don't have to do nothing. You don't even need a headset. Just stand there and we'll pay you to be his friend. Because that's exactly what's happening. And that, that stacking plays part, that was one of the things that I was most excited about the LaFleur hire for five years ago. Because, you know, with the whole Shanahan, McVay, all this stuff. But there was a quote i i always attribute it to george kittle i forget if he's the one that said it but i think it was where he says sometimes we're not going to call a bad play on purpose but we'll call a play knowing that a part of it might not work to set it up for either later in the drive or later in the game and yeah it's fun calling plays okay let's do but to bring in a philosophy of not like play calling like a story but where there is a reason for something even if it doesn't pay off right away I think that's great. You know, you only get like 65, 70 plays. And if you can kind of build off each other, I think that's great. So I hope that we get to see more of that, obviously, next year. Take a quick time. I'll come back on the other side. I want to talk about the defensive side of the ball because the issue that I had, it took me longer to get there. And that others have had for quite longer than me, which is getting a new defensive coordinator and getting rid of Joe Barry. 
I want to get Bart's thoughts on how this whole thing has played out and went down with Matt LaFleur. That's next. He's Bart Winkler. Check out the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio weeknights on 1250 AM. The fan from 9 PM until 1 AM. Follow him at Bart Winkler Show. Follow me at Sparky Radio. You can check us out on YouTube at the Odyssey Sports page where we are live streaming this bad boy here on Monday afternoon. Also download it on the Odyssey app wherever you download your favorite podcast app. Back after this. Hey, it's Sparky, 5 or 1250 a.m. The Fan. Check out all the interviews I got going on over there at 1250amthefan.com. Last week, we had on Pete Doherty, which was a a lot of fun talking to him. Tim Muma from Brewer Fanatic talking about the Corbin Burns trade uh, to Baltimore. Lots of fun stuff over there. Make sure to go check that out. This week, trying to get Eric Naiman to do an interview with him. Uh, and working on a couple other guys uh, as well. Bart Winkler, special guest from CBS Sports Radio. Catch him weeknights on 1250 AM. The fan from 9 PM to 1 AM. Follow him on Twitter at the at Bart Winkler Show, filling in for Ryan Horvath today. We talked about Jordan Love. We talked about Matt LaFleur. Now let's go over to defense. Is LaFleur's one biggest flaw loyalty? You, you I, We think so. I mean, did they need to hang on to Joe Barry this long? We had the same thoughts about Mike Pettin. But also, he hired Joe Barry. He didn't hire Pettin, but he hired Barry. Now he's hiring uh, this guy, Halfley. Jeff Halfley, yep. So we need to see if he knows how to hire these kind of guys also. Because, yeah, you were loyal, but you were, that was also your decision. So is he a good hirer of, uh, of football brains? I think, like... I was never – Joe Barry was not going to come back. I don't care if they won the Super Bowl. They were going to find a way to – well, Super Bowl maybe. But I didn't I didn't think like – because some Packer fans I would talk to were the more we win, the more likely it is for Joe Barry to come that's back. Where I, I yep, that's I where I was. That's where I was. Yep. I didn't think so. Um, so they got rid of him. And I hope this guy works out. You know, I did not do – when he was hired, I felt like it was – I'm always online, which is a problem. But when he was hired, it was like three hours of people. Oh, here's an interview I found. Oh, here's. Did you know he coached Richard Sherman for one I, year? I was one of those guys. I was all over it, doing the safe thing, looking at like, you guys. Do I all was the watching work. Boston College highlights uh, of yeah. their just their defense. It was a video of just defensive highlights against Florida State. Every single play against Florida State this year, uh, I found that online. I was watching that, trying to decipher that. Yeah, I was one of those guys too, Bart. I'm guilty. Yeah, well, I didn't do that. Um, and we'll <laughs> see, like, what he ends up. You know, I went. I want to see how it looks with the pro offense. So I don't have all the Halfley stats. I don't, I don't, I still don't know. I, he run, he's aggressive on the receivers. Man to man, press man coverage. Man. Right. But th- there's, there's a problem. Matt LaFleur said that they are going to go back and look at every team in the league and look at how they were playing defense last year and trends and successes and so forth. And then they're going to build a defense, which tells you this ain't going to be his defense. This is going to be what Matt LaFleur wants. And I always, I'm also here to tell you that Brian Gutenkunst is going to draft who he wants. And then this defensive coordinator is going to have to make it work. Similar to Dom Capers and Ted Thompson. This is not going to be the way it should be, which in Baltimore and Pittsburgh for the last 20 or 30 years, they draft specifically for that defense. Oh, look, a 4-3 end. He's the highest on the board. But he doesn't fit our 3-4 defense. Not taking him. We'll go with the next best player on our board. Where in Green Bay, oh, look, Nick Perry, a 4-3 end. Ah, we'll just stand him up. They'll figure it out. And we'll play him in a 3-4 outside linebacker. That type of crap 
has been going on forever, regardless of who the defensive coordinator is. And if Goody is going to continue to do that, it's going to make the job of a defensive coordinator in th- on this team all the more difficult. I just want to see them because two years ago, I really thought that defense was going to be like insanely good. Mm-hmm. And you look on paper, like if you look at the depth chart, it's like there's some good guys here. This This could be a pretty good defense. I would like for them to build a defense around like it's it's too late to do that way. So if you can build a defense around what you have, like you have you have guys, I think there's there's plenty of coordinators that can come in and see, oh, these are the guys I have. Here's how we'll use them the best way. I don't feel like these guys are ever being used in the best way. They're just again, they're they're, they're square pegs filling in round holes and plug and play and that it, that doesn't work. You've got a lot of talented guys. They've been drafting faster, uh, quicker guys. You've got you've got guys that can play defense. Figure it out where you can maximize their ability, and you might have a pretty decent uh, decent defense, especially the front seven. So I just I, think- I hope they come in there and do that again. This guy's stepping on from a, a coaching job to be a coordinator. I know he's you know worked defensively in the past, but uh, I hope there's not like an adjustment period there. We'll see. I have a feeling the reason they're not getting everybody they want, because there was a report that they offered one of the Baltimore guys the head coaching job and he didn't take it. Uh, and he decided to stay in Baltimore instead. I think it was um, as their defensive coordinator. I think part of the issue is, is because during this interview process, there may be that conversation of, we know what you run, but we don't know if that's best for us, but we want to run a version of something of what you run, but we want to build our own type of defense together with the players that we have versus saying, okay, if you're the defensive coordinator, who fits the scheme that you have? Who doesn't? Uh, what type of players do we need to get in the draft to make your defense work? I don't believe that's how this is going. So I don't think, you know, they went to the new defensive coordinator, Halfley, and said, all right, man, so if we go four down linemen, who's the four down linemen? Who do you want to play with their hands in the dirt, right? Do you think Van Ness is a guy that can play the 4-3 end? Do you still want Preston Smith? How does Rashawn Gary fit into this? Who's in the middle? Is it Quay Walker in the middle, or is he now an outside linebacker in this defense? I don't think that's how it's going. I think it's, dude, these are our guys. We don't mind what you do, but we're going to make this work so all of our guys are utilized the best way we think they should be utilized, and then we'll figure it out together. I don't think I like it. I don't think I like that approach. I'd rather have the defensive coordinator go, he's good, he's good, he doesn't fit, he doesn't fit, he doesn't fit, and then go to Goody and go, they don't fit what I want to do, this is what I want in the draft and go. And then, okay, well, if Rashawn Gary doesn't fit or Van Ness doesn't fit or whatever, then toodles. See ya. And you make a trade and you move on and you trust that this guy's going to build it the way he wants. But they never fully commit to a coordinator and what he wants to do. It's always them telling you, yeah, we kind of don't mind it, but we're going to do it the way we kind of want to do it. If this ends up being more Joe Barry than it is anything, then they might as well just kept Joe Barry. That's my concern in all of this, that it's going to look as much like Joe Barry, more so than anybody realizes. Well, better not. I mean, Barry wasn't even running the right, like, coverages. Like He's he's in dime on the goal line in Pittsburgh. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, so if we can just get a guy, I because there's a low bar here. So if you can just get a guy that calls the right coverages or at least some semblance of it, but that's been the issue with the Packers for a long time is the defense is always giving up the, you know, in the Rogers era, we always say, well, 
Rodgers led him back. Even, even going back to Rodgers' first year, Rodgers would lead a drive with three minutes to go. And then he wasn't – nobody thought he was clutch because it wasn't under two minutes because the other team always got the ball under two minutes. And they would score on the Packers. And then that kept happening. And then how many times in playoffs can you blame, you know, the defense partially for it? We got at some point there's got to be a good defense in Green Bay. I mean, just like can you name the top five years the Packers, like top five Packer defense years ever? You're like, oh, Butler, Reggie White. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then and then what? The sixties? Even that year when they went with Rodgers, I don't I don't think they were a number one defense. I don't they created think. turnovers. They played really well at the end of that year. But remember, everybody was hurt. Uh, Woodson obviously was playing in an MVP. But they level. almost blew a lead to Pittsburgh. They did. Mm-hmm. But yeah. thank God for a turnover. Thank God for a turnover. Uh, so Jerry Montgomery, he's out as defensive line coach, um, which again, they apparently, according to reports, said, y'all can look for jobs. Y'all want to go somewhere else? Y'all can go somewhere else. And apparently Montgomery is the only one that could find a job. Um, so he's out. Uh, and that's fine. I guess that I'm okay with that. Um, but then the news came yesterday, going back to the other side of the ball, Sean Mannion gets hired. The NFL quarterback that's you know never been anything great with the Rams and a couple other teams. And he's going to come in and essentially be the assistant quarterback coach to Tom Clemens, who comes back for another year. To me... You can talk about the defensive coordinator and all that. Fine. To me, the move of the year is keeping Tom Clements for one more year under Jordan Love starting. And then I'm guessing this is setting up to transition to Mannion being the quarterback's coach so Clements can go back into retirement. But to have Tom Clements for one more year to tutor Jordan Love, to tutor Sean Mannion of how to do the quarterback coaching job uh, as well, I think that's a huge win for the Packers. Yeah, I know that Vikings fans were mad that Sean Mannion left, so... (laughs) That that that's a win. He's a guy that they thought could develop whoever they bring in if they right. bring in somebody. So, uh, yeah, that's good to see. I think Clemens, he's one of those guys that you know is so attached to Rodgers, um, and I don't know that he got enough credit for you know Love's performance because you know through the year to go back to that first guy that you were talking about, Jordan Love, he wasn't a different quarterback, but it seemed like something did switch on in his brain or like. He's like, okay, I, I, I know how to do this. And I still think that run that he had, you know, the Giants game was a blip. Uh, but the run that he had eight games through the Charger game, maybe through Dallas, it, it was as good as a quarterback run of games that we've had in a long time. Rodgers included, he had some. Uh, Favre had some, but for a stretch of games. I mean, you didn't even – did you ever – like, that? that's – it went from quickly. It quickly went from, oh, is Jordan Love going to be the 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 answer? How quick in the season did you not even think during a game like, oh boy, Jordan Love's got the ball. Oh boy, it's got to go back to our quarterback. You were always looking forward to seeing him with the ball and seeing what he could do. And at the beginning of the year, you know, sometimes the TV doesn't show you where the ball's going, and you're like, oh my god, he's throwing it deep. Where's it going? Yes. Uh, at the beginning of the year, you're like, ah. but then by week nine, it's like, oh, I. He, whoever, wherever this ball is going, somebody's, somebody's catching it, and they are wide open, twenty yards down the field. And how and many times incredible. was that? Was that happening with Rodgers, and that person wasn't getting the ball? That's what I'd like to know. How many times were guys open, and Rodgers was not throwing them the football? I mean, we have a couple, you know, on film that we've seen. 
But I just wonder how much better would that team have been if he would have just shut up and let LaFleur call the plays and just thrown to the guy that's open. I wonder how much better it could have been. Well, I think that's always been um, the problem is that, at least in Rodgers' mind, it was still pretty good. Like, Sure. But because I really think, you know how Brady, Tom Brady once said he'd give back two Super Bowls if it meant he could win the one against the Giants to go undefeated. I thought it was I'd give back two Super Bowls if I could be back with Giselle. I misinterpreted. Oh, Jesus. Go ahead. I like Bridget, but um, <laughs> do you think, like, do you think if if the football guys came to Rogers and say, you can have a Super Bowl, just give us one MVP? Do you think he do you think he'd agree to it? I don't. Yes. Oh, yeah. I do not. Because he right now he's in that horrible category that he did not want to be in, which is one ring only. But he's got he's four with MVP. a lot of he's with no. a lot of dudes that only have one. And that's including Brett. Only one. And Brett's been to two Super Bowls. He's only been to one. I'm telling you, this is going to haunt him forever. If he doesn't get another one. I don't one think so. To get in front of Brett, to get a second, and to get out of that 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 territory of the Doug Williams and those guys and Trent Dilfers and the one ring guys, he needs to get out of there to get to two. And then once he's out of that to two, then he can feel much better about things. But I think if he walks off in the sunset Whoa. with only one, I think it's... Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna bite at him a little bit. I think. Yeah, you're making a you're making a grave mistake. You are assuming Rogers is a normal person. No, he's an egomaniac. But when you yeah, only that, have I'm one, telling, I I promise you that athletic article was so cool because it said everything that I just assumed happened, and it was all proven right. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, man, nobody knows Rogers as well as me. I've got that guy pegged to a T. I promise you, I promise you, he would not give back any MVP. He probably won't even give back an Offensive Player of the Month award for a Super Bowl. But Bart, if he only has one ring, he you to me, you can't put him in that conversation. But, that's all time Montana. but you're no. putting him in a you're putting him in an MVP conversation. I'm saying Rogers you is not can't a team be award guy, right? But you can't be grace of all time with one damn ring and one appearance. Can't happen. Won't four happen. MVPs. Not, don't care. Don't care. Does not matter. Got one damn ring. Now, Bobby Mack, what, Bob, let me tell you what else. Fans, you know how I'm fan police also? Yeah. Fans, who care that he is like, you're like why, why are you so mad? He's got four MVPs. What does that do for you? Nothing. Do we do we look back and say, oh, Aaron Rodgers, that one MVP here, that was, that was banana. No, we don't care. Only he cares. Yeah, and sure. He cares a lot. But he cares about the greatest of all time conversation. And if he says he doesn't, he's lying because it's always been wanting to be that guy with the best quarterback rating with the least amount of interceptions. He wants to be there with one ring. I'm telling you, I don't think he can be there. You could talk about arm talent. Yeah. One of the best ever, maybe the best ever as far as arm talent goes, but if we're going to put the whole package together and winning in the clutch, winning big games, having big moments. He's not there. He's just not there. I mean, I, I don't want this to be an Aaron Rodgers podcast, but he's to my, in my opinion, he's not there. What love had what four fourth quarter come from behind wins this year or something like that, or game winning drives in the last two minutes or whatever it was this year in his first season as a starter. That's that's pretty damn good. Now he's got to do it in the playoffs, but that was pretty good. That's pretty impressive for Jordan love in year one bar. 
Do you know that we've known each other now for 10 years? It's random, but sure, Bart. 10 years. Okay. What? Take a quick timeout to Barking Home with more random crap. Uh, check out his show because that's what his show really is. It's just random thoughts with Bart throughout the night from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. on 12:50 a.m. The fan, the Bart Winkler Show, CBS Sports Radio. We're all very proud of him having his own national radio show. Follow him on Twitter at Bart Winkler Show. You can follow me at Sparky Radio. Come back. I want to get Bart's thoughts on the Super Bowl and wrap this bad boy up here. Kurt and Long, download it on your Odyssey app or if you download your favorite podcast at check us on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page as well. Hey, it's C Sparky, 5 for 1250 AM, The Fan. Follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio. You can follow Bart Winkler at Bart Winkler Show. He, of course, of CBS Sports Radio. Weeknights on 1250 AM, The Fan from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. Always fun getting to do this. You know, I have not a lot of regrets, I guess. But if I had a regret concerning this, I wish you and I could have got to do a show. Not a morning show. Not... I. Bart in the morning was Bart. That was Bart in the morning. This Bart here, like in the afternoon, Bart, I've told you this before. When Bart would fill in for Rami or do the afternoons, I was like, I love Bart in the afternoon. This Bart right here is serious. Bart at night doing CBS Sports Radio. Love that Bart. Bart in the morning. I wouldn't want to do a show with you because I couldn't, I couldn't match you. You're at a whole different level of energy. Your brain's in a whole different space in the morning. I couldn't do it. But Bart in the afternoon. I'm a morning man. Been, this nighttime show is. Oh, it's good. You just hang in there. You're doing just fine. Getting a lot of calls from. Oh, no, I like I, the, the show. Cool. I think is good. It's hard though. It's like. It's Don't worry. I bet night. you you're. The, I, I I'll guess. I'll say this. I bet you within three years you're up somewhere up higher on the totem pole on that lineup. And I bet you you're not having to do nine to one anymore. We'll see. We'll see how it all plays. Whatever. Out. Whatever gets me to Radio Row. No. I don't even want to go there. I think don't I would. I think care. I would. I would struggle there. I saw Rome. Jim Rome is not even on Radio Row this year. He said, "The hell with it. I'm out." So he's doing it literally at the Bellagio in front of the water and the fountains. Oh, and Dan the whole Patrick's deal. doing the same thing. Yep, brilliant. He's at a Absolutely brilliant. Yep, yeah. just get out of there and have your own show. So nobody's stealing guests from you while you're trying to do it and getting bothered and all that stuff. I think it was a it was a good idea. All right, let's talk about the Super Bowl since we're on Radio Row and Las Vegas. Um, there is no way on this God's green earth I'm rooting for the San Francisco 49ers to win this game. I really don't care about the Super Bowl, to be honest with you. Probably will watch it, uh, but I really don't care who wins one way or the other, other than I don't want it to be the Niners because I just, I can't. I can't. I cannot have it be the Niners. I'll deal with Patrick Mahomes, greatest ever. Andy Reid gets another one. Yada, yada, yada. I'm okay with those storylines. I'm okay with fans of the Chiefs. They don't bother me. Niner fans online drive me nuts. I have family that are Niner fans that have you know lived on San Francisco their whole life and all of that, and I'm happy for them if this were to happen. But online people, Niner fans, talk show hosts, I hope they get absolutely drilled. Go ahead. Um, I agree with you. Uh, I'm not somebody who likes to root for the team that beat us, so we can say that we lost. That, that makes no sense. I have nothing against George Kittle and those guys personally. For me, it's about the fans. I have something it's against Kyle Shanahan. I, I, I don't. I think he's overrated. Agreed. I think he is too. I, I think I've probably said this. I say this on every show I have ever done. That the Niners are the Celtics. They're the same. Yes. They're the same. Yes. They get all this national love. Yes. Everyone always picks them and feels smart about it, even though they're good. But they just don't win titles. 
combined, the two have won two two titles since 94. And the bad thing is, if they lose, it's going to be, well, you lost to Mahomes. Just like when you would lose to Jordan and the Bulls. Well, you lost to Jordan. They lose and Shanahan's choked in two Super Bowls, but both to Mahomes. And two NFC Championship games. That's his out every time because he lost to Mahomes. It's like losing to Jordan. I'm getting heat because I've admitted, like, Brock Purdy's good, but he's not great. No, agreed. And and people are like, oh, he's, he's, he's great. So the, the problem with this game is that Purdy, Love outplayed Purdy. Even though he threw the interceptions, he still outplayed him to me. Um, but Purdy, you know, this, the first half he was awful. And then the second half he was like running around and all of a sudden running quarterbacks are accepted now after they weren't for 30 years. So how do you bet against either guy? How do you bet against... Patrick Mahomes, who is like the new Tom Brady. I mean, how do you bet against Brock Purdy, who's also like the new Tom Brady? Who do you bet against? Who's going to lose this game? The, the Niners have not looked good in either of the last two games. They didn't look good against the Lions. Well, how are they their favor? Oh, I understand what they are. I, right, because everybody's been on the Niner bandwagon since the start of the season. I'm just telling you. They had no business winning that Packer game. They did fine. Then they played the Lions, and the Lions got out on them early too, and they had to figure out how to come back and win that game. They get down to the Chiefs. That's not happening. There's just no way. Spagnola's defense, if 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 Kansas City gets up 17-3, 17-nothing, it's a wrap. Brock Purdy's not coming back against Spagnola's defense down 17-nothing, 17-3 in the first half. It's over. The Niners have to do kind of like, even though it didn't work out, but like the Packers or the Lions, they got to get the early lead and they got to change the game and get ahead to give their defense a better chance in this thing. If they get down early, you know, if Purdy throws an early pick uh, and the Niners are and the Chiefs are up 14 nothing after one or something, they're in trouble. They're in a lot of trouble because I'm not relying on Brock Purdy to try and rally me back from two or three scores down against Patrick Mahomes. Like, I don't trust that at all. And if Mahomes wins this Super Bowl with that God awful wide receiving core outside of Rasheen Rice. I mean, that that's that's whole nother level stuff there if he's able to win with what he's got at wide receiver. And MVS will have another will have a Super Bowl ring out of that, that finger of his. Hmm? Yeah. That'll fall off, probably. Well, well, either way, he'll have it. Um I just want the Niners to lose so bad that I almost think they're gonna win. They can't win. They can't win. No. Here's what I do now. I think you got to make this prediction. And if you're right, you get to keep your house. And if you're wrong, you have to, you, you're homeless. Chiefs really, by 10. Uh, that's where I've been. That's where I've been. <laughs> that's where I'm at. Chiefs by 10. I just hope they come out there and kick the crap out of them. I'd love to see a blowout. That like I, I want this to be the worst Super Bowl ever, like 40 to nothing at halftime. And I just want to laugh. I want Taylor Swift to be shown the whole fourth quarter because <laughs> the game's bad. What are the chances she gets out at halftime in sex? Zero. I don't know about that. There's no I just, I don't, I, I'm telling you, I don't, I don't, I don't know, no, man. She's at the Grammys. She didn't get up on stage and sing with any of them. I don't care. I, I could very well see her being in a suite and having a microphone. And all of a sudden the spotlight goes and she's literally Ow. has a microphone in the suite. 
Well, I'm telling you, nothing about this would surprise me if, dude, look at how much the TV race, all that other stuff has jumped every time she, the Chiefs are on and she's there. I mean, she is a huge, huge force for the NFL right now. I don't understand how once they made it, they didn't say, uh, Taylor, uh, you're singing the national anthem now. Uh, Taylor, uh, you're doing this now. And having her involved somehow, some way to wrap around. Well, what about the game? What about the games that you've gone to as a fan? You get excited for that. What if you show up at a game as a fan and they're like, no, nah, we need you to work now. We need you to cover the game. You'd be like, screw that. I'm here as a fan. She's just there as a fan. Don't make her work. It's a fair point. Yeah. Fair point. Uh, Taylor uh, on the comments says, always great to see you two chatting sports together. Thank you, Taylor. Appreciate it. Uh, all right. That'll wrap it up uh, for another edition of Curd and Long. Always fun to talk with Bart Winkler. Always fun to listen to the Bart Winkler Show weeknights from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. here on CBS Sports Radio on 1250 a.m. The Fan. Follow Bart on Twitter at Bart Winkler Show. Follow me at Sparky Radio. Check out the interviews at 1250 a.m. We'll be back at it. Do it again on Wednesday. Uh, we'll have to find another co-host because I believe Horvath is out this week as he's uh, doing all this fun stuff in at the Super Bowl in he Las Vegas. He me at 1 a.m. He was tweeting at that same time. He yes. said, I wish you were here, man. Yeah, he had a Roman Reigns tweet, I believe, at 1 a.m. Oh, before we wrap it up, real quick. You're still a wrestling guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> I almost forgot. Okay, I'm not. I think it, it, they all saw you tweeted about it. That's how I knew it got big, that you tweeted hey. about it. Right. Okay. So my buddy Jake is a huge wrestling fan still. So I always got to hear this crap from him. So he's like, the rock. He's texting me. I was like, oh Lord. So then I see it come across Twitter. Fine. This, I'm telling you right now, this whole Cody Rhodes rock thing and Cody Rhodes gives up his moments of rock and fans are pissed off at the rock and tweeting at him. I'm reading all these stories about people all, all mad at him. He should turn. They should, they should heel turn him. That's what should happen. He should come out Ooh, Thursday Cody night. Or the rock. Rock should heel turn. Yes. Rock Rock should come out the night one of WrestleMania, which, by the way, stupid. Hate the two-night thing. So you come out night one, just like the NBA draft's going to be two nights. Also equally as dumb. Maybe yeah, worse because it's the no second sense. round. Okay. So either way, so you come out that first night, and Rock says, hey, man, I'm, I'm the people's champ. I'm all about the people. You know, I got this football league that we want people to go to, everything else. I'm not trying to make anybody mad, whatever. Like... It's my cousin. Why would I want to fight my cousin? Really? Anyhow, they wanted me to fight my cousin, whatever. Cody. Hey man, have your chance. No big deal. Uh, good luck to you. And okay. So Cody goes out there, wrestles that match. And then of course, rock comes running in, hits him with a chair, whatever happens. Boom. And match gets done. And Roman Reigns says the, the brains of the bloodline this whole time has been the rock or whatever. Uh, and then the rock heel turns and then, you know, throughout the year, whatever else he shows up a match here, shows up a match here, does the whole video screen thing for the bloodline and says all this crap and pisses people off or whatever. I just think that's something people wouldn't necessarily see coming uh, at the end of the day, if they were to do that, but now he's going to go do this dumb match and whatever. I'm, I'm so sick of all these old guys being involved. Well, they took two years of storyline Sparky and they threw it out the window. Just have Rock come back and win the Royal Rumble if you wanted to do this. Could have. Yeah. Then, then then nobody's pissed. Nobody's mad. And he doesn't have to wrestle the way I said it. He's got to do a chair shot. Doesn't even have to be in a match. I think he'd be even no. happier with this. No. I don't even have to in be in a match. Life, in real life, he's trying to win the match behind the scenes. He came back to lose, but now he wants to win, and he's on the board now. 
of the WWE of TKO Endeavor. Yeah. Well, Vince ain't. Uh, he has no, that's Winkler, another uh, reason this is happening. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. I'm mentioning man stuff. Is, whew, not good. And I guess uh, there's more, and it's worse. Yeah. I, yeah. That's the problem with the human condition. We can ne we never is never enough. But he was we always a, want one more dollar. We want yeah. one more. We always want one, like we just we want one more little bit of power. We can never just be happy with the greed. With the, yeah. Greed yeah. is the deadliest of the sins. Yes. I always one thousand percent. No doubt. Yep. Bar Winkler, follow him at Bar Winkler Show. I'm done talking wrestling for the rest of the year. Uh, at Sparky Radio as well. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Toodles.